Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Anime Tour Bus. It's me, your non-expert Eric. And who's that sitting right next to me, listener? Listener, you, you didn't wash off the, the grease like I was telling you. Metzger! Metzger's at the front of the bus. She is, of course, our uh, our expert in anime. Metzger, I, um... The bus needed fixing? And me and the listener, we did it. I thought for sure when you said grease that you were talking about cooking grease. And now I realize you're talking about, like, Engine motor grease. grease. Yeah. Okay, and that makes me feel a little bit better because at least you're using the right tools arguably for the job you think you were doing yeah um well that actually comes up metzger can i invite you to the front of the bus i guess i'm already there okay um i'm just gonna pop this hatch uh from the interior of the bus we can actually access um the the engine of the bus you can see uh metzger be careful of that section that's the rotating saw like teeth um Metzger, so I have the bus's manual here. Um, be careful, the manual does bite. Uh, but if you'll if you'll see on page um, thirty seven, uh, it says to rotate uh, this nut. Okay, do you see that? It's my bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, so like the bus had like a light that came on before you were on the bus, and the bus said, "Hey, see page." Uh, 37 and so I did and then I followed what it said so it says rotate the nut I did that and then it says to to pull this lever and then I did that and then obviously this thing you pull on it like it's a lawnmower and and so I did that just like it says in the book step one two three right okay and then and and you see me like turn around and look at you in the face and I said and then a cream puff just appeared in my hand. <sighs> you watched me do that. How did that happen? Because the manual's fake. In is this instance, in this instance, the manual is fake to keep you from breaking the bus. Did you put the manual here? Did why would it say C it's page thirty seven? Oh, so you told the bus to give me busy work while you were you were late getting on the bus? Did you text the bus? How does that work? Did you pat and whisper to it, "Hey, bus, I'm gonna go get me a croissant and uh, <laughs> just keep Eric busy." I like how you're mad at me for getting a delicious pastry while you're holding a delicious pastry. I'm not holding that anymore, Master. <laughs> so this is an anime podcast. Undoubtedly. I'm I'm gonna go back to my seat. Hey, Metzger, um, we watched some animes. We did, in fact. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, given that I'm finishing up this pastry, maybe we should talk about MASH. Okay. That's fair. My personal synopsis is now I believe that Mash's real magic power is that he can turn anything into a cream puff, even a mandragora. Yep. And then we have a literal field day, one with booze and hookers. Actually, there's just two guys with main character syndrome and this weird charm girl. Um, first off, uh, obviously the cream puff thing is glorious and my favorite bit thus far. 
Um, I believe that Mandragoras are a member of the Beat family and therefore could arguably be dried and ground up into beet sugar. I'm convinced the, the cream puffs are magic. Like, they are a potion. They do the potion thing. You just have to eat them. I don't think that, as considering the fact that he was feeding them to his classmates and nothing was happening. Wait for the effects to kick in. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's It opens up with... Uh, it made very fast work. The bad guy from the last episode is already agreeing to help us. Yeah. Mostly, it seems like his motivation for that is just that he can't stand to have someone who's beat him be worse than him. And he calls them all slackers. You know, like uh, you do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Masker. Yes. When I found out that the girl wasn't actually interested in the guy, but was instead using charm magic on him. You completely fucking jumped. I felt personally attacked because I know this would work on me. Okay, I was like, Eric, I don't think anyone's ever pretended to like you for personal gains. I don't. First off, first off, that is objectively <laughs> not true. <laughs> Are you ready for the deep cut? Yeah, go ahead. It's because I don't personally believe anyone would gain anything from pretending to like you. <laughs> there you go. No, and, and that, was, <laughs> that was implied, so it didn't it didn't hurt. Uh, no, so I did have a girl that I was uh, was seeing who was actively using me for um, sushi. She wanted me to regularly take her out for sushi. And um, also, I was giving her daily rides to work as she worked at a car dealership, but she herself did not have a car. Um, apparently, it had gotten like wrecked and she hadn't had like kind of the stuff together to get it, whatever. So, anyways, she was using me for free food and also rides without any intention of, of being with, though we had like. Formally established, like, hey, these are dates. Like, you know, it, it wasn't one of those things like, oh, I'm reading too much into a friendship. Like, no, we had swiped right on each other on Tinder and then like oh. been like, oh, hey, yeah, let's go out on dates and stuff like that. Like this clearly had romantic impl implication. And I discovered from a mutual friend that she had a uh, poor opinion of me and was just keeping me on the hook to get free shit out of me. But then also I discovered kind of kind of like more directly, let's say, when uh, the mutual friend and I, uh, you know, she she was in town because she she was uh, at a different university and stuff like that. She was in town and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll come see you. Let's go grab a, a drink someplace. She really liked to do her homework at this one kind of quiet bar. And uh, and so she uh she, we we go there and then we're like, hey, let's go to this game bar downtown. That that sounds really fun. We could do that. And uh, when we arrived at the game bar, not only do I see the girl who I am actively giving dates and rides to, she was there with another guy, 
and they were on a date. I didn't realize that at first as I got everybody some shots, but apparently I brought shots for them. And then they kiss. And I was surprised. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but I see your face. Uh, just me between their two kisses. Just the camera zooms in on my face. <laughs> and so obviously I'm I'm upset, but you know I'm I'm also like, all right, cool, that's it, that's the end. And then she had the audacity to message me the next morning, hey, do you want to get something to eat? And also, can I get a ride? And I'm like, what? Uh, years later, this is this is like three, four years after the fact. She messaged me when I was in a in like a different relationship entirely, and she like straight up apologized for her behavior and and said that she was real I, shitty. I love when people can grow. I I do too. I I found a very hard time accepting it, but also I was like, you know. Uh, this person's obviously thought about it. Um, and, you know, if they've thought about it three, four years after the fact, then like, OK, then then obviously it's it's weighed on them and, and it has some meaning to it. So so I I said, I understand. And that's OK. So nothing, nothing personal, kid. <laughs> like if she was doing this to you, she was doing it to anyone. No, I actually suspect that this was me. That this was specific to an Eric. And I felt personally attacked when I discovered that it could also be done through magic. That's not just the power of titties. That is it's actually through magic. So the lead up to this listener, if you forgot for some reason, is they're having a field day and there's an exam. They need to slay these scorpions that have precious jewels embedded in their foreheads. And um, they're different colors. And one dude we are introduced to who definitely has main character syndrome as he calls other people's side characters. Um, He doesn't seem to like MASH very much. Calls him Mushroom Head. They keep calling him Mushroom Head at this point. And then another dude who's just this kind of sadistic wad that likes to uh, harass people. And he's taken his after the the knockoff Quidditch match has set his sights on ruining Mash as a human being. Yeah. And then we don't exactly know how, but there is a well, we do. Sorry. There is a three dorm system at the school and the dorms apparently play fun pranks on each other. But as corruption is seeping into the school, the pranks are becoming more aggressive amongst the, the dorms. And one dorm in particular wants to take the coins from MASH. Because they see him as lesser. So they have... Uh, They've come up with this plan to use the charming girl and then also the sadist. I honestly think there's like a a, a solid chance that I uh, wouldn't realize I was being hit on 
So then I it wouldn't I would cast counter spell. <laughs> I I really like that Mash is just like, but I really didn't do anything. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do anything. And she's like trying to tap herself out magic wise. Like, why isn't this working? And that's where it cuts off, right? That's where it like it sets us up with a cliffhanger to be like, oh, how is what Mash happen next? Yeah, it's not, it's not even what will happen next. It's how is Mash going to kick this guy's ass next week? Yeah, and this guy's got like power to move the ground and stuff like that. And like he he once caught Mash in like a, a kachaw. Like in the very beginning when Mash wasn't expecting it. Obviously. Oh, yeah. And we thought, that's right. Mash looked really angry. But it was because uh, he thought his cream puff was squished. Big squish cream uh, puff. And the cream puff got like thrown aside. Oh, oh, that sucks. It it just got tossed out of his hand. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Hey, you know what's not unfortunate? <laughs> I don't know if we have the same view of fortune, but go ahead. It's the fact that the listener can interact with us on uh, on social media. That's anime tour bus on Instagram, anime underscore bus on Twitter, and miu and weeaboo.wordpress.com. Also, check out Science Snacks for the latest and greatest in science. It's my podcast. Separate from this one, just me, just hanging out with you, talking about my area. My expertise is science. Hey, Metzger. Mm? Let's talk about sex and violence. You mean that Marcy's Playground song? Okay, first off, how fucking dare you? Because I actually didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> second off, um... I've been thinking about like the dark trilogy and what we've discussed like thus far about like, you know, the overall um, kind of nature of these animes, these shonens, um, the kind of like grown up Dragon Ball Z thing that we're currently seeing. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about like this in compound with um, uh, with the name of that uh, Akira um and like other other similar animes that have like high production value but also like a lot of violence and sexual aspects to them um because this one undoubtedly does have like some some sexuality to it and also some uh let's say gory violence oh yeah yeah it does and then we can also say the same thing about Chainsaw Man, right? Like where his sole objective was to touch them titties. Oh yeah, that was that. I, that there are two pillars for the house of Chainsaw Man: violence and sex. Yeah. Yeah. I've been I've been thinking a lot about like the role that anime plays in those two, because like in Jujutsu Kaisen, in Akira, in um. In, in Chainsaw Man, and even in this one, it's almost violence to the point of, like, um, surprise and, like, how far can we take it kind of a feeling, or how gross can we get sometimes. Um, the the splishes of blood and things like that, or, like, the horror aspects to it. I actually haven't found this one as horrifying, but I think that might be because, you know, I'm I'm getting more and more desensitized to it. I don't think so. I think they're entirely different brands. Um, 
I I think I know we're calling them the Dark Trilogy and I agree. or the Dark Triad or anything like yeah. that. And they're they're all shonens, but I definitely think their emphasis is in different areas. I agree. I'm more thinking about anime as a whole and using these as as kind of different uh islands by which to to measure um the this particular idea. Okay, well that's awful. What do you mean? You're you've picked a very niche market. No, 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 no. Okay, you're not making a monolith. No, no, no. Anime comes in many forms, many different ways. Obviously, Cells at Work isn't going to have, like, the same acute sexuality and, like, blood horror violence. All the blood cells are, like, adorable. Um, (laughs) Cute redheads, if you will. No, it's not. I'm I'm not worried. Uh, I'm, I'm not thinking of, like, anime as a whole. I'm thinking of, like, the specific shonen style anime and like the nature of and what kind of started me on this was uh i was talking to my buddy Raphael, and he was talking about how he doesn't like watching those types of of animes or like even like parts of like junji ito where it becomes very um kind of not uh, uh caring for like the sanctity of life and things like that things where like you know violence and like mass deaths and things like that are are shown in such a way and he's he talked about at least to me he worries that things like that um change how you think and like can can start desensitizing you and and kind of i don't know um can really affect you in in like subtle ways and make you less like uh, I mean, you already get, like, desensitized from, like, the violent... I, I don't find this one as bad as maybe I would have found it uh, more than a year ago when we initially started. Okay, with you providing entirely anecdotal things. Yes. I am also going to provide completely anecdotal things. Perfectly fine. Because from your statement, you've been doing this for about two years now. And yep. these scenes are not hitting you as hard as they previously were. Yep. I am still getting hit just as hard. And I have been in this world for 20 something years. That's interesting. Um... To where, if anything, as I grow older, I become more attuned and more sensitive to these things. Hmm. I keep developing empathy, and at this point, I get attached to characters. I know I come in here and I act super cynical and stuff like that, but there's a lot of times that I get really attached to these things. It all depends on the writing of the characters. So in Hell's Paradise, I'm not going to feel very much for them, and it's not because I'm desensitized to the violence. I definitely went, holy shit, that dude just had his torso bitch slapped out of him. I don't think the characters are good enough in Hell's Paradise to feel anything for them. And I, I, th- I again think that you're comparing, like you've made a generalization. And I understand what your generalization is trying to make, but you've laid the magnifying glass down in a weird place. I know, I know. And I think the same could be said of, like, you know, overall media tones and things like that in in non-anime films, right? You know there's an entire term for this, right? Uh, There's an American uh, term. Gore porn. Gorehound. 
Okay. Didn't did, I was slightly off, but I was there. It makes horror films hard to watch because I love horror, but I want psychological and I want supernatural. I don't want gorehound. Yeah. So I don't want slasher films. I don't want zombie movies that are really bloody. I don't want saws or things like that. But that's where the the easier market is for horror. Yeah. And I think that's also where the easier market is for these adult shonens. These are like the market, the audience for this are people that grew up watching really cool and really flashy fight scenes. They want the stakes to be higher, I guess, or they just want they're just gore hounds. They just want blood. And for each dark shonen you can find, you can find a million more thoughtful properties. Absolutely. No, I just thought uh, Raphael had kind of brought up an interesting point that, like, violence in anime, because anime can often be so over the top, more so than many, like, you know, live actions can reasonably do without crazy CGI, um, it can get very apocalyptic very easily. And I, I just, I, I don't have a, a solid opinion on this. I just think it's interesting how, like, especially in these types of animes, sexuality and extreme forms of violence tend to go hand in hand. And I think that's a byproduct of, of obviously, like, who you're marketing your, yeah, your show towards. I, I really think that that just speaks towards the audience. Like, they expect the audience wants to see uh, dim titties and also somebody, like, spearhand through a person's body. And, I mean, think about it. That's what's selling. We've come across this crossroads. You know what the most, like, popular American porn right now is? No. What is it? Uh, for the past couple of years, it's uh, incest. That's weird. And there was a legit argument being had in some social science circles to where what is creating what is creating this is it a, is it a supply or is it a demand? Like are people watching it because that's all that they can get their hands on? Or do we keep making it in such huge amounts because that's what the people want? Yeah. No, and that's that's fair. Like, you know, what what uh, is it? Because, you know, the whole oh, stepsis in a stuck in a dryer. <laughs> liberal stuck in drywall. Oh, fucking I. That's my favorite. Porn now. Always gets me. That's uh, my favorite. I, sometimes I really wish that you would send me this stuff before we sat down. So that way I could do some reading. And like, especially when you're like going to deep dive a question or a statement and just be like, I feel like people are being desensitized to anime because I don't feel for Sagiri like I did for Jumpy. It's like, well, of course you don't. Yeah, no, One. no, no. I, I'm not, that's not really what I'm getting to. There's like this, I think, very easily apocalyptic feel that you can get, especially like when we, we were looking at Chainsaw Man. And then kind of the the conjunction that is often met between like extreme violence and sexuality that we're finding in these these shonens, I think also is, is something interesting. And I, I don't know, I honestly was just kind of putting the idea out there 
um, to, not to noticing. Explore. I'm not noticing too much overt sexuality in Hell's Paradise, other than other than the audience being upset that the TV screen censored a nipple. Uh, first off, I'm with the audience on this one, and me and the listener just high fived. Uh, I also don't remember any like real sexualization other than like the what's your favorite type of woman from Juju. <laughs> so it was just it was just dingy. And it wasn't even the whole anime in Chainsaw Man. It was just dingy. It was well, just him being like my entire life's goal is, is yeah. to touch a titty or to make out with a girl or to have sex. And then like we're watching a very simple creature develop to where <laughs> it turns into any tit will do to no, I've really developed feelings for my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, no, I, I honestly uh, maybe should have uh, written down more in preparation for this because I think that there's something here. I'm just not articulating well. I but... never like the argument to begin with of desensitizing people. Desensitization is a very real thing. I would want to I would want to see some stuff about that because because if human history like has taught me anything, we are less violent than we have ever been. That's true. I mean, torture devices were fucking insane back in the day. I'm not even talking about torture devices. I'm talking about just like straight up murder, even though technically there are now more unsolved murders than ever before but uh when's the last time someone's been defenestrated i mean once i defenestrated myself because um i i wanted to um well sorry i guess that would be refenestrated myself uh i refenestrated myself as i jumped into the building through a window god damn you uh so so anyways uh fucking dumb uh yeah metzger uh, let's talk about our actual anime what happened i fucking know anymore i lost that train of thought sagiri wakes up in a fucking tree they decided to hide there as they could not sense any monsters and gabiamaro went out to go scout the surroundings and made everyone some delicious trail mix they wax poetic about what it means to have life eternal the best part is the side plot. And tell me about that side plot. There is the youngest death row inmate I've ever seen in my entire life. And you really think that this child must be awful, right? Yeah. Like, you really think this child, they're going to execute this child. This child must be... Nightmare monster, yeah. The worst human known to man. No, they're just a tribes person. And the Japanese government doesn't like their existence, so they've slaughtered the entire village that this kid comes from, and then convicted this child to die. And what their their Simon, like their samurai warden guardian, whatever, is like, fuck it, let's just book it. This place is weird, and it turns out all roads point back to the island. I and we saw that coming, right? I mean, I guess I didn't think about it. Like, they just wouldn't be able to escape. Well, obviously, one boat's made it back. To add beer. 
Yeah, that was a very intentional. That was deliberate. This death row inmate convict is really struggling with the fact that they are the last now in their lineage for their entire village and how it's their fault and that this is divine retribution for their behavior. And the samurai ends up convincing them to pick up a weapon and fight and they make it back to shore. And we find out that uh, it's actually a little girl. It's a little girl. That's the big reveal. Little cringy kind of reveal, too. I mean, she's a little tribal shit. She's no shame. And then she's making fun of the samurai, like, you all worry about such weird stuff. But all she knows is her village. Yeah. Which she is the last surviving member of. It cuts back to Sagiri, which I do think that that's a little bit fun, where they interrupt the shit with Gabimaru and Sagiri and their little information, their little think tank. Yeah. Uh, to show us that even if Sagiri wanted to leave because she's a girl, she wouldn't be able to. But of course, they don't have that information. So one of the samurai and Sagiri are fighting about how she should go and fulfill her womanly duties. And have children. <laughs> Womanly duties. She ends up deciding that she wants to stay. And as they're arguing, a big mother trucker shows up and bitch slaps this dude's torso right out of his fucking body. Right off his body. That's how we end. Yeah. We just end on that. Oh, that's right. I've seen the next episode. Already. I thought you had seen the next episode. That's why I was cutting you. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, my favorite part of a bitch slap is where it cuts into a person, yeah. Yeah, I've bitch slapped at least one person before, but I guess I just didn't hit them right, and I also didn't aim for the torso. It's all about the angle, right, I guess? <laughs> all right, so that's that's two animes. That's uh, two animes. We did it. We did it. We accomplished it. Hey, Metzger. Um yeah. If the listener were to want to contact us, how would they do so? Uh, they would rewind to the midsection of this where you explained it. Okay, listen, that was pretty cheap, but I'll accept it. <laughs> hey, listener, you can contact us at, uh, and, and like hang out with us and see our, our posts and shit on Anime Tour Bus on Instagram, anime underscore bus on Twitter, and me, you, and weeboo.wordpress.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope that you had fun. We hope that you check out Science Snacks. We hope that you uh, are watching this anime with us. Or if not watching this anime with us, I will tell you about it. Um, And until then... Bye! Bye!